Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo take a trip down memory lane as we look at some of our favorite films. Some are good, some are bad, some are fun at the Film Club. Miss Boo, how are you? You know, I'm, I'm not too sure. You're not too sure? You really had to sell me on this movie, and then I watched it, and I was just like, what did I just watch? What's happening? I mean, it happens, it happens. I mean, I already have one question off the bat. Sure, what'd you so, got? So, I tried looking for it. I looked for it on Prime, and I found Brain Dead, and I wasn't sure, so I went and I streamed it on YouTube, and I see, oh, I'm watching, like, the original uncut version. That's the same one I watched. Yeah. Free on YouTube. So that's, I was like, oh, I could have watched a, a much cleaner cut on Prime, but I made it through, and wow, what a movie. Yes, uh, the movie we'll be watching this week is Dead Alive, also known as Brain Dead in its native New Zealand. Directed by Peter Jackson from the year of our Lord, 1992. Yeah, I was very confused. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, is it Dead Alive? The posters say Dead Alive, but then there's Brain Dead. So I wasn't really sure if that was two separate movies. Yeah, that's something that doesn't happen anymore, does it? No. Where, where like a movie from New Zealand or Japan, Europe, wherever, when it comes to America, it gets a different title. I don't think that happens anymore. Not that I'm aware of. I know, you know, anytime that there's a movie that it goes to different countries, the title changes slightly to go with the language. Yeah, I've noticed that, but I've never, I don't think movies just get a whole, like, facelift across the border. But that's besides the point. Yes. We're talking about Brain Dead. Yes. Uh, how would you describe this movie at first <sighs> glance before we get into this a little bit? Sorry, let me take a sip of my Dr. Pepper because I need some help from the doctor today because. <laughs> Whoa. You're having a moment? Having a moment. I mean, you sold it to me that it was a zombie movie. Which uh, it is. By Peter Jackson. Which it is. And yeah, I, I really didn't expect that it's a period film. It takes place like in the late 50s. Yeah, yeah. And they're in um, Wellington, New Zealand. And I thought, okay, the mom's going to get infected and zombie outbreak is just going to happen immediately. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen immediately. You get a lot of buildup. And also, it's it's way more of a comedy than it is a horror film, yeah. right? I think I've heard people also describe this as a pure splatter film for oh, a very yeah. big uh, portion of the last half. Yeah, you guys may have seen that in our Trivia Tuesday post that this movie is the bloodiest movie ever made. And my the God. The most by quantity, actually. My God, there's so much blood in this movie. It's great. I mean, look, I'm not one of those people that's a gore hound, like, in a lot of people in the horror community. Yeah. But I enjoy, like, fun practical effects, and also the gore in this is so over the top. It's so goofy. It's based, like, it's so, like, surreal and comedic that it, the blood's almost meaningless to a point, because there's so much of it. Eli Roth has quoted that this movie has quenched his bloodlust, and it's like, <laughs> Yeah, I think it would feed any vampire, any whatever, because there's any just... Any weird horror film director. Because there's just so much blood. I mean, it's it's practically running water. It is, legitimately. <laughs> but yeah. The first thing you want to prefix everything is, this is going to be a very red, red review. Yes, very red. Well, I can't wait to get into it. Well, where do you want to start? This is your pick. Well, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Okay. We have here... Some of the plot of the film, I'm going to actually go through the whole thing okay. because I think that's going to help us understand it. And also some of the weird gonzo references and 
crazy things that Peter Jackson's doing. Because I kind of want to know your, your thoughts on certain things. Like the, the infamous quote in this movie, my mom ate your dog. Or, you know, I kick ass for the Lord. I love all these things. <sighs> Dean was quoting that before we even started recording. I was quoting that when we first started dating. <sighs> but that's besides the point. This film begins in 1957, when an explorer and his team try and smuggle a captured Sumatran rat monkey out of Skull Island. During the team's escape from the island, the explorer is bitten by the rat monkey, resulting in his dismemberment and killing by his crew, who fear the effects of the bite. And then the captured rat monkey is shipped to the Wellington Zoo in New Zealand. So the opening of this movie. Thoughts about going to Skull Island decades before Peter Jackson gets to do it in a in King Kong? In King Kong, and that there's an actual reference in King Kong to this movie. Is there? Mm-hmm. On the ship, there's a piece of cargo that says Sumatran Rat Monkey on it. <laughs> That's awesome. So... I, I was getting, you know, very much Indiana Jones vibes. Oh, like, God, the opening when mm -hmm. they're running out of the canyon and mm -hmm. he's there fishing at the little creek. Yeah, I was like, totally Indiana Jones. It's also just funny because I think people have a different mindset of who Peter Jackson is now yeah. because they would know him for the Lord of the Rings yeah. and the Hobbit franchise and all that stuff. But watching this, I'm like, he is closer to Sam Raimi than he is to Steven Spielberg. I mean... If you had just made me watch this and not told me who directed it, I would have had no idea that this was Peter Jackson. You would have probably made a shot in the dark. This was some weird, no-name director. This is probably his one and only film. Maybe, but I know that there's a cult calling for, you know, Dead Alive. Oh, yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, I've seen the poster, I've heard the name before, but never put two and two together that it was, you know, Peter Jackson that did this and wow, this does not feel like it the Lord not of the Rings. At all. Not big, you know, cinematic, you know, in-depth universe. This like, okay, we're we're in it. We're getting, you know, this Sumatran rat monkey. Do you like the, like, claymation, like, like work they did on the rat monkey? Because it looks so weird and the stop motion is so creepy. It is. I mean, a lot of the stop motion in this movie is creepy. The baby is the worst one. It's also crazy because the baby, you can tell they couldn't afford get a real fake baby. So yeah. they just put like a child in a baby costume. We're going to get to that. That's the like the scariest part of this when they, you know, transfer over to the child or the person that's in the baby costume and they're just running around. It's like, oh, God, get it away. <laughs> like, this is too this is too real. But you know what? We'll we'll, we'll move on. We're, we're, this is just the opening sequence, right? Yes. We already got an indie reference. We got this guy getting beheaded. We got a rat monkey. Well, before we move on, when did you watch this? When did I watch this? Yeah, you know, is this something that you found like a long time ago? Oh, or... this was this was a find of a find. Or was this like you know on one of our Fye trips? No, I've never I've never been able to find a physical copy of this. Mm -hmm. I know, I know they exist, and I can just go online and buy it, but yeah. I'm always one of those people that likes to find it, you know. Yes, lost Andy, in the I bins. know. It happens, you know. I gotta find it in the in the old ancient realms of old blockbuster videos. But, yeah, this movie I found kind of on accident, because I was one of those people, you know, in high school, I, was, I really dug horror movies. Yeah. And I heard that this was the bloodiest movie ever made, and also... And you're like, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. And also... Looking at it, because I was I was a huge Evil Dead fan, still am, forever will be. Yes. And people compared this. I was like, oh, it's kind of like the New Zealand's version of Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll give that a shot. Like that sounds cool. And then I watched it, and I'm like, this movie is amazing. <laughs> but 
as we go, we get to the next part of our little story here. Once the rat monkey is in Wellington, we see who lives there, and that's namely our main character, Lionel, who lives in this bitch in Victorian mansion with his... Up on a hill. Up on a hill. The, the house on Haunted Hill. Yes. With his evil mother, Vera. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vera is very angry because Lionel falls in love with the shopkeeper's daughter, Pukita, who is convinced the two are destined to be together. She's convinced by this by her... Her, grandmother who's uh who reads tarot cards and you know prophesizes that you're gonna meet the love of your life you know he, <laughs> and he'll he be ap- surrounded by death and destruction <laughs> i mean it's all you know sunshine and roses in the beginning you know oh yes he's you know portrayed as a knight and then he walks into the the store and he buys what is it black knight licorice yeah and that's where she's just like <gasps> oh my goodness it's him and he's just very like okay never mind i don't want the licorice i'm out of here deuces uh-huh but yeah, and um, Lionel and Paquita are, I like them. Like, they're just a cute couple. I, w- I really wasn't getting the couple vibe from them. I mean, Lionel's really weird. Yes. Yeah. I feel like the actress who's playing Paquita is in a different movie. Yeah. She is in a romantic comedy for the first half of this movie. That's how I felt, too. I'm like, does she have a different script? Because she's just like, <laughs> Lionel, I'm back! And it's just like, you don't know that the zombie apocalypse is happening and his mom's trying to kill him? And then he's trying to keep her alive in the basement. It, there's things going on. There's a lot of crazy things going on. <laughs> Speaking of crazy things, because the two of them, go, they go to a zoo on yes. a nice, lovely date. And while at the zoo, Vera follows them, trying to break up their relationship. Because she just can't let go of Lionel. Can't let go of him. And you know what else can't let go? The Sumatran rat monkey that attacks her. And <sighs> the next day, after she is attacked by the rat monkey... She gets very, um, sick and decrepit. Coronavirus hit her like a shit brick house. I mean, it was disgusting when they show, like, her, her bandage on her arm. And, and it's you just, squirting. Yeah, it just squirts out, like, ugh. Like. I, I thought what would get you is when she's there eating dinner, or eating, like, supper with, like, mm-hmm. the, the town council or whatever, and her ear falls in. Or, or was it when it sprayed into the other guy's custard? It was definitely when it sprayed into the custard. That's when I was like... You were out. I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to look at some of this movie. And then I'm like, oh <laughs> god, I'm just listening to this movie. It's turning my stomach. That's so good. Pro tip. Do not watch this after you just ate. How was that experience? I wanted to throw up. <laughs> it, it was the custard moment, right? No, it's just, you know, I have a weak stomach. And then you're just like, let's make her watch this. And I was just like, oh boy, wasn't I, expecting I that. I was under the assumption it'd be so over the top, you wouldn't care. Ugh, I mean, it's over the top, yeah. But I didn't even watch a trailer for this. I just went in. Hold, wholly blind? Completely blind. Wanted to experience it. And man, I experienced it. <laughs> have you never even heard of this movie before? Yeah, I, I said earlier that I've heard of this movie. I've seen the poster. But I never, like, really took a deep dive into what the film's about oh it this was one of those sat on a shelf at a movie at a movie house or whatever yeah i I mean i wouldn't be surprised if we had the vhs or the dvd really yeah let let me uh let me know how that turns out for you i uh i know a guy who might be in the market for it yeah i'll go through my collection and see if i can find it (laughs) thank you but we have vera who gets sicker and sicker she eats poquita's dog yeah, that that was gross. Yeah, because they pull the, the dog, the, tail. the whole like carcass. It's it's gross. Yes. It's very gross. But it it does appear that Vera does die after you know eating the dog. But then she turns into a ravenous zombie, kills the nurse, who then turns into a zombie, 
and then Lionel locks them in the basement, mm -hmm. and then uses uh, good old tranquilizers to keep them nice and sedated. And I'm just thinking, wouldn't you just end it right there? <laughs> Would like, you just, like, double bar the, the basement door and just move? No, I mean, you know, just like any zombie movie, bash your brains in, and then you move on. No one else has to get infected, and he's just like... No, let's keep acquiring more infected people in my house. He's not acquiring them like Pokemon. They just keep finding him. Like the neighborhood cats kind of thing. That's you, what he's doing. You would pull a Lionel and start hoarding zombies, wouldn't you? Not hoarding them. But if they showed up, you know, yeah, keep them in the basement. It'll be fine. I'll play cards. It'll be cool. No, you cannot keep the zombies. But look how cute they are. No. I'll walk them every day. I mean, the the scene with the greaser zombie when he's eating the eggs and his spoon goes through the back of his throat. Were you just no? I was just like, oh my god! Like, it's so it's so nice. But actually, we'll get, we'll get to the greaser zombies in this next one. All right, because Vera and the nurse are dead. Yes. And Lionel he goes to Paquita to let her know that hey, um, I'm gonna have to break up with you for. For your safety, right? Yeah. But while he's doing that, Vera escapes in the basement and is killed by a tram. Well, well more or less, knocked unconscious. Stunned by the tram. Yes. And then at the funeral, Lionel tranquilizes Vera to keep her from attacking anybody at yeah. the funeral. And then he returns to the graveyard to uh, dig her up. Very psycho. Of course. Mm -hmm. But that's when the hoodlums show up and accuse him of being very psycho. Yes. And as they're beating him up, then... Vera awakens from the dead and starts attacking the hoodlums. And then we have my favorite character in this film, possibly all of cinema. Father Magruder shows up, the martial arts master Catholic priest who comes in and starts doing Bruce Lee sidekicks on the zombies and hoodlums. It's great. Just when you think you've seen it all, this movie really just pushes the envelope and gives you even more to see. Exactly. I mean, boo. Were, were you expecting to see the, the absolute unit that was Father Magruder appear and do a flying sidekick to a zombie? I was not. Especially uh, in his nice purple robe. He, you know, long day with funerals and <laughs> mass. And it's like, oh, I just want to rest. But no, I got to take out these zombie hoodlums. Yeah, I guess to give people a, an idea. Uh, imagine somebody who would strike a passable resemblance to Roddy McDowell, mm -hmm. who also was basically Bruce Lee. That that is who you were getting. Yes. But despite his epic sidekicks and Chung Lee style kung fu, he gets bitten and infected, as do some of the hoodlums. But then he also gets impaled on one of the headstones. Which is kind of a cool visual. I mean it's a horror movie. You gotta have the, the gore, right? We haven't had gore in at least fifteen minutes. They gotta bring it up again. I mean, I think there's gore like every one, two minutes of this movie. Yeah, one or two minutes. And this fun. is a long movie. It's it not is. like... Yeah, it's it's like, what, 90 minutes? It's fine. I think it was an hour 45. Is it an hour 45? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, fuck me. I didn't know it was an hour 45. This yeah. feels like a tight 90. No, it just kept going. <laughs> well, as that keeps going, we shall keep going yes. as well. Because shortly after... Lionel basically stuffs all the bodies into the basement. His uncle, uh, his uncle Les shows up. Yes. And 
He's, he's a complete creep. Total creep. He has the uh, the worst pompadour in cinema. Mm-hmm. The sideburns that only a mother could love. A leopard jacket that a... he wears to a funeral. I mean, that's just what you wear, right? That's just styling. No. I mean, record count, he gets kicked in the groin five times in this movie. Is that not enough? No, he deserved more. No, but of course. Well, when he shows up, he discovers Lionel's, you know, collection in the basement. Yes. Assumes they're just dead bodies. And then blackmails Lionel to giving him the estate. Mm-hmm. And Lionel says, fine, I will. And that leads to Uncle Les's housewarming party. Party, rager of the century. Oh, and it gets good. It is so bloody. Do you want to do you want to describe what happens at the party? No, I'll let you. <laughs> All right. So at this party, Paquita arrives. She tries <laughs> to make amends with Lionel, and she discovers the zombies in the basement. And Lionel tells her what's going on, and she's able to convince Lionel to just poison them. Just give him a lethal dose of poison, mm-hmm. and just let them go. Lionel agrees to do this, but discovers that the poison is actually animal adrenaline. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And that revives all the zombies. They managed to escape the basement, but now the super zombies are running amok amongst the party and killing everyone who are rising back up as zombies. And we get full Night of the Living Dead. Yes. And it's gorier than hell. Oh my god. How much? How much blood... Is uh, in this sequence because I know it's it's something ridiculous. I think they said it was three hundred liters. Three hundred liters. I'm ah, god damn it. I'm I'm bad at metric system. I know that's like over a hundred gallons. Probably. I'm I'm not great at math and all of this and measurements, <laughs> but it's just there's so much blood. I mean, you anticipate that in a zombie movie. You would figure there's gonna be some gore effects, right? But you know, our, our main characters are seeing. They're just not going down. They're not dying the way that they should. To mm. the point where you have Paquita in the kitchen and she's just like blending body parts and heads. And I'm just like... I love that, that her, her response to, oh my god, the zombies are getting in. She's grabbing like arms and limbs mm-hmm. and just throwing them into like a puree blender. Oh, it's it's so crazy. And then Uncle Les is running around with, what is it? Um scissors or what, what i think it was it was like two kitchen knives like, that what it was like carving knives yeah he's going around just chopping things mm-hmm. up like bobby flay yeah but then lionel the man of the hour comes in and as he says party's over and starts up the world's biggest lawnmower and mows through the horde of like a hundred zombies literally mows through them well i mean before he starts mowing through the crowd, he discovers that his father, who we briefly hear about in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, like the first ten minutes, I think. Yeah. And then he's never mentioned again. Yeah, he says that his father died, you know, saving him while he was drowning. And we're like, okay, you know, I don't know. Tragic backstory for the hero. Yeah, right? you know, it's like, okay, we're seeing why Vera can't let go of her son. Mm. And it turns out, no... The dad really didn't die saving his son. Vera killed him because she found that he was cheating with another woman. So he drowned, or she drowned the other woman, his father, and kept the body in the basement of the other woman. I mean, of course, that's just where you keep it. I mean, he learned from her. I guess. And so it just, it gets weirder and weirder. The The stories just kind of 
unraveling. I mean, it's unraveling just, I think it's just because we're hitting that climax and you can see that this is where they put all the money. And there's and then, no way they're cleaning that set after this. I mean, unraveling, you know, pun intended, because at one point he's got, what is it, intestines or... Uh, yeah, I think it's somebody's guts. <laughs> Someone's guts or like a, an umbilical cord that is just wrapped around his leg and just suspending him into the horde of the zombies. It was a rough watch. <laughs> it was fine. But as this bloodbath is going on, Uncle Lest escapes to the basement and there he is beheaded by Vera, who has grown into this monster zombie creature thing that erupts from the basement, chases Lionel and Paquita up to the rooftop as the house catches fire. And once they're cornered on the roof, Lionel confronts his mother, tells her to fuck off. And then she swallows Lionel whole before trying to kill Paquita. I love the symbolism, how they made Vera larger than life, this big, you know, shadow that is cascaded over his life. Yeah. And he's finally standing up to the monster, only to get eaten by the monster and then spit back out. Well, he doesn't get spat out. He cuts his way out. He cuts his way out of his mother with the good luck pendant that uh, Paquita gave him, causing Vera to fall back and die by, you know, being killed in the burning house. And then but Lionel did pa- she have to be naked? The, it's the rebirthing process. He, she, Lionel's being birthed as a new man. Come on. This, hashtag symbolism. I know, but that... <laughs> the bi- giant that, fake tits is what gets you? And the big claymation wrinkly butt. Just like, ooh. Mm, no, not a fan. No, not a fan. But yeah, and that's where the movie ends with Lionel and Paquita kissing and walking off arm in arm into Wellington as Lionel's house burns down. And as the firefighters approach and the the people of the town show up. <laughs> and obviously there's going to be questions. They're like, hey, Lionel, why is there like 300 corpses of varying degrees of dismemberment all over your house? And why are some of them still moving? We have questions. And why does this guy have a gnome coming out of where his head should be? Well, that's just style. I guess. Painful, but I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so that is basically the story of dead alive brain dead whatever you want to call it yeah um a little bit behind the scenes stuff is this film was meant to be a follow-up to peter jackson's first film bad taste but he couldn't get enough money to get this project done so he made this black comedy called meet the feebles i think that one only cost him like 300 grand to make Hmm. but in 92 he finally used what little money he could and whatever money people would let him have and he got three million dollars together to make this film yeah, because originally he wanted, what was it, 4.5 million? He wanted some, yeah, I think it was 4 or 5 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted a, he wanted to make this a pretty decent-sized budgeted movie. He wanted this to have an international release and all this other things. But it was released in New Zealand, and it was a giant bomb. It made $240,000. <laughs> and critics really didn't understand it. It did win, like, 12 awards from all these different, like, horror and film festivals and stuff, but it really took a second life once it got to that VHS cult status. Yeah. Because I don't think people even really knew much about this until Lord of the Rings came out, and they checked Peter Jackson's back catalog. Yeah, because wasn't it banned in Canada, the theatrical version? I think so. It was It was heavily cut, depending on what country you went to. Yeah. And it was banned in canada and i think some parts of europe because the blood in this was just astronomical 
Well, that and they also, you know, start the beginning with God Save the Queen and they show <laughs> Which the Queen. Which is such a weird opening, right? Yeah, that's what I'm like, why are they showing the Queen on horseback? I'm like, what is going on? I'm like... I actually have no idea what that's about. I'm like, are we going to England? And then I'm like, no, we're not in England. I'm like, there's... She's technically the sovereign of New Zealand, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Does New Zealand have a queen? Is it just the regular queen? No. We'll get back to it. We don't know anything about titles. But it's just, it's no. very confusing. We're not in England. <laughs> and it's just, we get this at the beginning of the movie. But again, this movie is just kind of like, what? Because there's... <laughs> It's not your typical zombie movie. No, it's not. This is... Because it doesn't subscribe to the Romero zombie rules. Mm -hmm. Slow moving, hit him in the head, and you're... Destroy the brain. Destroy the brain. It's one of those things where this really is just having fun. I knew accused me a lot of being, you know, pretentious. I was like, Dean, you can't just turn your brain off and enjoy a movie. It's very true. And I watched this movie, and I really enjoy it. I think it's one of those things where... Going into it, after the opening, I know exactly what movie this is. Mm-hmm. I am promised kind of a, a movie that has eh, kind of weird, like weird effects. It's going to be this over-the-top film. It's going to have this like gory atmosphere, and it's going to be more or less a comedy. Yeah, It delivers so hard. Like I love, I love the ending bit when Lionel comes in with a lawnmower. That whole, sequ- that whole sequence of the party is just so fun. Yeah. I mean, but what do you feel? Because I can see you have a very different opinion. I can see it in your eyes. No, I mean, I just, you know, got a lot of evil dead while watching this. Because the dead aren't, you know, like you said, Romero zombies. They're very much characters of their own. Uh, yeah. Mm. It was the 90s. It was the 90s. It was the early 90s. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It's so... also crazy to think that Peter Jackson's career stretches back to, like, the late 80s. Right? Well, it's just crazy to see this is where he started and then, you know, the kingdom that is Lord of the Rings that he sits upon. It's like, wow. Just the... (laughs) Just like the night and day kind of version of Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, I look at... Okay, this is kind of why I brought it up. Because if you look at Peter Jackson's film career, Mm -hmm. because this movie, financial bomb. Right? Made very little money. It was one of those movies that Critics kind of liked it because of Peter Jackson being kind of goofy. But between this and Lord of the Rings is two movies. One's called Heavenly Creatures and the other one is The Frighteners. Love The Frighteners. The Frighteners is actually really good. Yeah. It has Michael J. Fox in it. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I That movie is awesome. I haven't seen it in so long, though. Oh, I didn't know that he directed Lovely Bones. That's a really good movie. A sad movie. For everybody's information, I brought up Peter Jackson's IMDb. And the boo was like, oh, wow, he made that? Oh, man, I might love Peter Jackson movies now. No, I, I've enjoyed Peter Jackson movies. It's just, I to like... To see where he started and where he went. Yeah, I love that with the directors that, you know, have had a long career in the movie business. It's like, wow, you you started making off these films, and you're one of the biggest directors out there in Hollywood. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter how this film is received, because it's a cult classic. Yeah. Tons of people love this movie, so it doesn't matter, you know, what the budget was or what the subject was. It's beloved. Overall, how did you, how do you like the movie? Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? Because you're very apprehensive about gory movies. I know Saw films are not your cup of tea. Yeah. Either of the hostels, like any, 
quote-unquote torture porn movies are just completely out of the realm for you yeah you know i i just can't really tolerate it it's kind of rough for me to see blood and guts and gore on a magnified level but with this one it's really over the top it's it's such a comedy it is it's funny so that's where it kind of makes it a little bit easier for me to watch it's all right it's all right it's all right how would you give this on a Actually, I got a question for you. Do you want to, like, rank this film? Do you want to give it, like, a, a boo scale? How many bones is this movie? Why don't you rank it first, and I'll <laughs> see where I fall in line. Okay. Uh, um, in terms of, like, cult movie status, yeah. in the realm of cult movies, this is this is up there, probably, like, an eight, mm-hmm. eight, seven or eight film. And, like, a movie on its own, eh, it's six, seven, you know, a little bit above average. You know, I'd say this is an above-average movie. The camera work is really dynamic. Yeah. Peter Jackson is doing his best Sam Raimi impressions in some of these. The acting's pretty fun. The story's ridiculous. And it's just a good laugh. I'd give it like a 6-7. Again, my, my scale 5 is the average, not 7 like other people's. I'd probably go 5. you go 5? This I... is an average horror flick for you? Yeah, I mean, it's just a little bit too much for me to take with the gore. So it's like, I really couldn't enjoy it because a lot of it, I had to look away because my stomach was just so in knots while watching this, so. That happens to you in, like, every movie I try and show you. Even Evil Dead. I remember you told me you almost threw up in Evil Dead when we went to see it for the first time. Well, yeah, we had just eaten. Yes. And then we're seeing it on this huge screen restored, and I'm just like, oh my god, what is happening? But I love Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead's great. Yeah, I love Evil Dead, so... That's why I was kind of like trying to put it in my brain. Well, this is kind of like Evil Dead. Just not and on a different kind of scale. I mean, to take it back into the film, I love the part where he takes like the zombie baby to the park. You know, that was filmed after the movie was done. Really? Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson finished the film, saw he had, I think, 50 grand left over. And he was like, yo, I want to film another scene. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's go to the park. I got something. And it's now like his favorite part of the movie. Well, I mean, it's so funny. Um, I, I can't think of the actor's name. Timothy Balm. Timothy Balm. Just the, the physical comedy that he does by himself. He kind of reminded me of like Chaplin and Buster Keaton just, you know, working with the stroller and maneuvering it and falling down and picking himself back up. And there's like no dialogue in it. It's a very <laughs> physical performance. It's super funny. And not everyone at the park notices him, even though it's a crowded park. It's not like he's there by himself. <laughs> yeah. He's got, you know, he's fighting to keep the baby from biting or attacking anybody else. Because zombie baby. Because zombie baby. So it's like, yeah, I, I love the the physical comedy that this movie portrays. Because he's falling down a lot. A lot of things are happening. When he's trying to run away from the zombies in the blood and his feet are just sliding across like he's on a, like he's like, in a Looney Tunes. Like he's on ice. Just, you know, he just keeps running and running and he's not progressing. And then he's like, well, you know what? Let me just jump on random scattered heads and body parts to get me out of there and i'm like yes this is very cartoonish yeah i think that's why i like it so much it's just um it's just a uh, 90 minute cartoon and it's just really funny it's really over the top i i dig this movie but yeah so any final thoughts miss boo it was a interesting movie indeed and if you're a big fan of gore or cult films i'd give it a watch I could not say it better myself, but I know you're excited for next week's film. 
Well, next week's going to be a little bit different because we're talking about a new film. We, we don't are. usually don't talk about new releases. We talk about older films or films that have been out for like a year or so, but we're going fresh on a movie that was just released a couple weeks ago. We are. Do you want to spoil what that is? Because I think we did last episode. We did. Because so... this was the bumper because we were bad at scheduling. Uh, it's just the way it fell into line. But next week we're going to be talking about Halloween Kills. Yes, the brand new film directed by David Gordon Green. It premiered like last week, I think. And uh, yeah, I would hope people give it a good watch through before we get to talk about it. You can find it on Peacock and it's in theaters right now. It's like, take advantage of it while it's on Peacock. Because that's amazing that we have the ability to go and watch it for free. Versus going and paying, uh, you know, like 20 bucks to go see it at the theater. I have, I have contrarian opinions in that respect but i i will recommend people give it a watch beforehand because you and me have very are very much on different sides of the aisle on this one and a lot of people are yeah i noticed i noticed that like halloween kills i have not gotten the consensus on like the audience reaction or people's thoughts on it yet yeah it's not like halloween 2018 where the general consensus was it was amazing the, yeah. the field is very split on kills, and we're going to have a lot to talk about it. Believe me, I'm not going to crusade and, you know, fight you on this. I've got my, my stuff that I dislike about the movie. And I'm not going to come in and rag on it for the entire episode, because there are parts of it that I did enjoy. But, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So where can they go to find that? Well, if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're also on YouTube, if you want to tell everybody where they can find us on YouTube. Well, on YouTube, you can always find us on the YouTube channel In The Frame, where you can find this podcast, the Film Club podcast, as well as the other podcasts that are on the site, namely the Film Odyssey podcast, where me and my brother go through cinema and talk about some of the greatest films ever made. We're going through the AFI Top 100 right now, and uh, I believe we're reaching our milestone episode pretty soon, so come and check that out. And there's also the Too Obscure for TV podcast. That one focuses a lot more on really obscure art films, cult films. This would probably be on... Oh, definitely. Would have been on that show if it weren't for, you know, this. But yeah, the most recent episode for that that should be coming out, I believe, is Suspiria, which should be dropping sometime Monday. That's the 1977 version by Dario Argento, not the 2018 remake. Yeah, watch the original. Yeah. That movie makes no sense, but it's beautiful. Yeah. And if you want to follow us on social media and kind of catch up with what we're going to be doing for, you know, future episodes or events we're going to, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And with that, see you next week. Peace.